Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings in the name of the Lord and welcome to Warren Radio. I'm Tower here with the Watchman and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence to us through our contact page at warren-usa.com. You can find Warren Radio on MeWe, Parlor, CloudHub, Tumblr, and Linktree. You can listen to our shows by going to warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. You can also find Warren Radio on the following website streamers, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Anchor, Deezer, Podchaser, and Verbal. Do not miss these posts on warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. Do not miss this post, Christianity 101 Prepared in Christ. Christianity 101 is really a matter of faith that you and I should not fret. Faith and hope in Christ Jesus were meant for times like these. Do not miss this post, Warning Sign Isaiah's Prophetic Book, Part 34, on Battle Lines. Warning signs to the nation, as we continue with Chapter 20 and the last of Chapter 19, we find Jehovah's Prophet giving a warning sign to the most powerful Gentile nations around. Do not miss this post in Christ Jesus' Nonconformity to the World. Christ Jesus' Nonconformity to the World. This is the beginning and ending of all things in Christ Jesus. Here we, are in the, here we are in the world, but not fashioned according to its desires and lusts. And do not miss this post on warn-usa.com. Christian Perilous Times Classic Warn Radio. But here we still have rule of law that makes it harder to get away with lawlessness in this arena. Danger abound, dangers abound in many places of the world. Christians are not safe. Also, do not miss this post. Global Gospel Turmoil Classic Warren Radio. Global Gospel Turmoil rages from America to China and into the Middle East and onward to the United Kingdom. As never before, the turmoil has reached epic proportions. And be sure to get your book, The Rising, by the watchman Dana Glenn Smith. It's a Christian fiction thriller. And The Rising details a takeover of America with dark forces that plot to bring the country into the globalist new order. Be sure to sign up for the Warren, the WIBR Warren Radio Newsletter by going to DanaGlennSmith.com where you can visit our Christian books and resource shop where we feature the rising and other Christian books as well as resources from our vision media.
And now I welcome the watchman. You're listening to WARN Radio on the WIBR WARN Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Well, doing good. Doing good. How about you? Doing good. It's a Thursday. I'm glad to be here. Yep. You know, the way America's going, it's good to be anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's good to be here with the Lord, you know, for to hear his word and get comfort from his word because he is a solid rock. Well, if we hadn't backslid so far, oh, you know, maybe it wouldn't. Uh, we wouldn't have to go through this. But biblically speaking, a nation getting judged or a people of God being chastised is not new on God's program. No, and you'd think over and over it ha- it happens over and over. You'd think the people would wake up and learn from history. But oh no. Yeah, you'd think we would, you know, get things right and not do those things. That's right. You know, I mean, how long does it take? How long, you know, 2000 AD is when we track. BC, I mean, not AD. And then there was the pre-Adamic flood. So, I mean, God's been around for a long time. You'd have thought yep. that we would have got it straight out. This is the way to do it. Stop putting the images up. Stop doing abominable things <laughs> that offend the Lord. And then you come into America, 200 years, and you got a generation of wusses. And I don't know, woke people. And uh, they're destroying everything. Yep. Because they're spoiled. I did see the headlines today. They were talking about Generation Z. Generation Z is starting to run for Congress. Scary, scary. Well, that would put us square on target with some of the younger ones that you and I have talked about. Yeah, this nation's been a nation or this country's been a nation 246 years. Wow. Okay. We got to get ready to do this. So, Everlasting Salvation brings us to chapter 45 and with it the declarations of the Eternal One to the House of Judah to Israel and to the nations of men even in the eventful time of Judah's deliverance from Babylon and its fall the nations of men took notice there were witnesses to the work of the Lord 
that brought down the most powerful nation of its time, and at the same time Judah was set free from captivity. The point here is that even today the nations of men set themselves up against the Lord and His anointed. Read Psalm 2. The redemption of the Lord flowing out of His mercy will give way eventually to a full revelation of the sons of God. Those who reject His mercy today will find judgment tomorrow. And that's Isaiah's prophetic book, part 136 on battle lines. And now back to you. Thank you. Everlasting salvation. Those are the two key words. Part 136. You know, and as we go through this, you know, America today, as we were talking, you know, has a few issues of its own. In Isaiah 45:11, thus saith the Lord, the word Lord there is Jehovah, the Holy One, meaning sacred or morally pure God, the God of Israel. And Israel means he will rule as God and his maker. That means to mold and form. So when you put it all together, you have the Lord, Jehovah, the covenant one, the one that was before all things, who is holy and pure. He is the God of Israel who came out of the loins of Abraham through the promise. And the name Israel means he will rule as God. Israel was meant to rule as God. But yet, of course, they failed in a couple of things there. But, and his maker, he will rule as the God of Israel and his maker. And then it says, ask me of things to come concerning my sons and concerning the work of my hands command you me now in Isaiah 41 22 and 23 let them bring forth and show us what shall happen let them show the former things and what they be that we may consider them and know the latter end of them or declare us for things to come. Show the things that are to come hereafter that we may know that you are gods. Yea, do good or do evil that we may be dismayed and behold it together. Now, of course, this, is, this one is Isaiah 41. And uh, we're in Isaiah 45, so we've already covered this. But you see, the problem you get, is there a God today? No, there isn't a God today. Or, yeah, there is. You know, I worship this stick over here. Or I do this. Or I'm a that. The bottom line of it is, even with Israel, it was the same way at the time that she was. The nations of men, as it is said, the gods of the nations are demons. There's only one true and living God. But we have many of them claiming to be God. 
So if you're God, then get out here and show us. Prove. After all, the Lord God already has. Now see, really, in these end of days, there is going to be someone coming that God is going to allow. Now, Paul gets into this in 2 Thessalonians 2. And he comes out and says, before he reveals that, he says that people will reject the love of the truth. That's the Messiah, Yahshua, and his salvation and atonement and his Father. And in John 1, and we covered this last time, we talked about he went to his own, and his own received him not. But to as many as did receive him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Now I want to make sure you get this connection here. Because in Isaiah 45:11, when God talks about as him being the God of Israel, he's not just there to be the God of Israel. He's there to mold Israel into the image that he wants. And here he says that he will rule as God. Now, in John chapter 1, when you receive the Lord... And then you have to go to John 3, being born again of the Spirit. You are given the power to become the sons of God. The scripture even calls us kings and priests unto God. So God's intention is not just to have a bunch of people here that flop right over the border of heaven and say, thank God I made it. No. He's... He's thinking victorious. He's thinking really, really victorious. He's thinking so victorious that you're going to rule as God. You won't replace the God of heaven, but he will make you. He will give you the power to become the sons of God. And even in this particular verse, he says, Ask me of things to come concerning my sons, and concerning the work of my hands. And, and it's an interesting note. He says, command ye me. And, you know, there's a lot of things that when Yahshua came and, and he talked about it, he says, anything that you ask of the Father, he will do. And there was that, and in Christianity there is that. You pray to the Father. You pray to God. Because it's not unknown in this world today that the power of God can be manifested through the saints. And it can. So we're talking Godhood here. We're, We're talking truth. We're talking that the Lord, the God of heaven, who doesn't need us, I mean, but he still wanted to create. And the things that he created 
all the heavens and the earth and everything are for his glory and when we as his creation go through the things of the world we lose track a lot of times and that's why we need to always pray and we need to look to him and uh, you know get with other believers and encourage one another because it's easy to lose track and that is seen from the very fact of how God dealt with the house of Israel and then with the two houses of Israel and how he still deals with Israel today and how he deals with the Christian church and of course we're looking at everlasting salvation which we will get to and see everything here is about change and progress but it's perfect change perfect progress now see as believers we want to progress but sometimes we're a little slow sometimes we don't get things right sometimes we may even sin but God is there to provide for us and help us and the thing that I wanted to bring in here now was Paul addressing the Areopagus on Mars Hill this is where all the smart guys were and they would sit around and uh, discuss it would have been kind of like having Aristotle and Socrates etc there so in Acts 17 24 we're not going to read the whole thing God that made the world and all things therein seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth dwelleth not in temples made with hands now see he's talking to people that are not above worshiping idols and things like that but they they talk about this theologically maybe philosophy would be involved sciences as they knew it but they this was the smart guys sitting around it's it's not like NATO and it's not like the UN they're all politically motivated and the decisions they make do not come out of wisdom they come out of a com- common denominator of a democratic vote made by people who have a special political interest either to say yes or no that is the way we do things and and uh, that's that's not going to get you anywhere it's not going to get you into heaven i can tell you and so Paul was addressing people that generally wanted to know the truth and they would discuss this and of course he goes on to say neither is worship with men's hands as though he needed anything seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things 
Now, see, remember, they are the ones that had, a, you know, a plaque up that said, um, to the unknown God. Because they figured that with all the gods they had, there's probably one they're missing. And see, the whole thing that Paul was doing is to show them, I'm representing the unknown God to you. And so he tells them that the real God that made all the world and all the things, he is Lord of heaven and earth, but he doesn't dwell in, in temples like these made with hands. And he's not worshipped by your hands as though he needed anything. But he gives life to all, anybody that's living, the life and the breath they have came from him. That's unequivocal, even today. And even if you're a sinner and you're wicked and you're vile or if you're holy or rich, whatever you are, if you're alive today, you get that breath, that life out of God. He's provided it. He has given you a time on the earth. And so Isaiah, in the midst of all these discussions, is really summing up a theological basis for Judah and how God deals with man and how he dealt with them and delivered them. Reminding them that he is still the God of heaven and they mustn't forget any lessons that they learned. And hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth and has determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. Now see, he's explaining to all these scientists and all these philosophers who made everything. Because you could sit around for hours and argue. At, you know, I mean, this was science. They would discuss things and ponder it. And so he's given them a new new outlook. And of course, uh, he goes on. And, and he gives the reason that he does all this, that they should seek the Lord. If happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. See, and, and this is really a strange thing. Because God is, he, he, he moves, and he's here. He's omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. In other words, all-knowing. And he's everywhere. And he controls everything. And you may not even think anything about it. And a lot of people don't today. They'll curse God with the same breath, you know, um, same type thing. They, they will have a breath and breathe and curse God. And a, somebody else might uh, use breath to praise God. But God is that close. Matter of fact, if you read in, in scriptures, you're going to see what it says, that every idle word that man speaks, he's going to give account for. 
because God knows every word everybody spoke. Now, of course, that's hard to understand, but he's God. That they should seek the Lord. You know, and, and of course we talk his mercies, which never fail. And he's put us here. And there's a reason for everything. There's a reason that there's a devil today. There's a reason Christ came. There's a reason that God chose Abraham. There's a reason that God appointed Israel. There's a reason for everything. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. And of course all this out of Isaiah, that was uh, out of Acts, but these are bringing home the fact of what Isaiah is talking about now. This is what God has done. And although Judah went into captivity, and of course Babylon was destroyed, God used Cyrus. The Assyrians failed when they tried to destroy Jerusalem, and Sennacherib died, and 150,000 of his soldiers. See, God is in charge. And God was protecting and guiding and moving in Israel. And, and that's what Isaiah here is pointing out. That when we talk about eternal salvation, like, like we're discussing, we're, we're actually discussing not just the eternal salvation, but how did you get it? And how is it manifested? And... Will it ever end? Because we are finite. God is infinite. And when we talk about becoming gods, you have to be infinite. See, how do you become infinite if you're a finite creature? I mean, good grief. You know, the modern man can't even get along without deodorant and toothpaste. And today, in our modern world, we need cars and gas. I mean... How can you be called to God when you need all this stuff? I mean, even common sense would tell you, well, there's no way this race is going to be a God. Look at them. They fight all the time. They're drunkards. You know, I mean, you could just look at it. But see, God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. You come unto me. And that's what the Lord did when he chose the apostles. He said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And they left their nets and followed him. Why? They were just fishing. Why would they follow the Lord? Because the Lord knew the hearts. And the Lord called. And they felt that. It was supernatural. I, go, I could go out on the street and say, follow me and I'll make you, you know, a pizza salesman, or I'll make you fishers of men. They'd laugh. Well, who are you? Are you on Twitter? Are you on TikTok? Why would I follow you? You know, following. I mean, there's a lot of people that are following people, but the eternal ways of God, the follow is in your heart, in your soul. 
totally different than what we have educated ourselves to. Isaiah 44, 7 and 8. And who as I shall call, shall declare it, and set it in order for me, since I appointed the ancient people, the things that are coming and shall come, let them show unto them. Fear ye not, neither be afraid. Have not I told thee from that time, and have declared it? You were even my witnesses. Is there a God besides me? Yea, there is no God. I know not any. I always find that kind of strange, that verse. God is all-knowing. And when he says that he doesn't know any, he's God. If there was a God, he would know it beside him. So all you have to do is take the Lord's word. Isaiah 45, 12. Now we're back into the regular section. I have made the earth, created man upon it. I, even my hands, have stretched out the heavens, and all their hosts have I commanded. So I made the earth, I created man, I stretched out the heaven, the heavens, and I commanded all their hosts, the stars. Now see, the problem we have today is that knowledge has been increased. Daniel prophesied that. And we know everything. And we want to do away with now our dollar bill, and we want to have digital currency. But in case you're not concerned about this, let me tell you. If you work on a computer, have you ever gotten to the point where you wrote a lot of stuff and didn't save it? Your computer crashed and you lost everything. But see, you can lose all your information. Well, where do you got all your information? On disks, on all kinds of storage devices. What happens if you have no electricity? They're worthless. And so we have men and scientists now that see the time when they can create robots to be gods and to actually rule. And they see a time when man can actually be joined with robots. Because they imagine stuff. Nothing is withheld from us, they think. But see, the real truth in these end of days. You know, we worship our technology. We worship our knowledge. And we worship the body. We worship our own way. You know, I mean, give me a break. I shouldn't have to tell you all that. You know that as well as I do. Go online and go through a lot of these spoiled brats that are on, you know, TikTok or Twitter or any number of places. And see how they're all dressed. Today, we need a massive revival. We need to reach these people and wake them up. Because your devices are not going to save you. Either your carnal devices or your technological devices or your knowledge of creation, of creating things with them. That's not going to save you. 
See, in the beginning, there was God, and he didn't have a computer. Matter of fact, everything he does is made up beyond the binary. The binary code is that very beginning. You can't even have a computer. You can't do any of your technology if you don't have code. I seen a picture today of a woman, which isn't unusual. That is if you can find a woman. But jokes aside, she worked with NASA on a program to put men on the moon. And she was standing by thick stacks. One of the books looked like they're about a foot thick. And she had them stacked on top of one another. They're filled with pages. And they were as tall as she was. And those are all the lines of code that it took to get men on the moon. And it's just code, just written down. And if that's complex, then pray tell how complex is the Lord God when you say we're going to overthrow the Lord. That's what the devil says. That's what people say every day. There are scientists that say God did not create it all. There are people running around swearing to kill babies because they're all mad over the Roe v. Wade thing. Well, listen, honey, let me tell you this. Yes, that's your body. But the baby inside that body belongs to God, and he created it. And all your lines of code that you can write, man, everything, you're not going to create a baby out of your lines of code. Not like God. It will always have a defect. It will always be imperfect. Why? Because the ones who are authoring the code, the ones who are making up the tech and creating it, is man. And man is imperfect. He has been stained by sin from the beginning. And anything he creates will not be perfect. God, on the other hand, is perfect every time, all the time. And that is why... When he redeems us, we're not just, you know, going to be up there sitting on a cloud. We're going to be given the power to become the sons of God. That's through being born again in Yahshua. And you have to run the race, make it through. But there will be a day of the revelation of the sons of God. Now, see, the Lord is pointing all this out through his prophet to Israel and all those. He put it here for them to read. To let them know that in the midst of the judgment, it may seem like God forsook them. But he did not. For a moment, it would seem like God wasn't there. But 70 years later, you're delivered. It was for a reason and for a purpose. 
you don't know how to get back. You don't even know how to get to Jerusalem. And you don't know where you'd get the money to build the temple. But voila, God provides you with the way to get back to Jerusalem. He brings in a, king, in a king by the name of Cyrus who tells the Jews to go back to Jerusalem, rebuild the temple. And they do. See, that's how God operates. You're in the end of days. Things are all screwed up. Man is trying to become God. The devil's trying to convince him that he's a God. Everything is going to hell in a handbasket, so to speak. Now, see, there is a literal hell. And that handbasket is that little device that carries them wherever they're going. And that is your will. You either will as you please, or you give your will to the Lord. Isaiah 40, 25-27. I like this verse. To whom will you liken me, or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high, and behold who has created these things, that bringeth out their host by number. He calls them all by names by the greatness of his might, for that he is strong in power, and not one faileth. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, my judgment is passed over from my God? Now see, this is Isaiah 40. We've covered this already. But see, all this is a sequence of the prophet speaking what God wants, and it's directed directly to Judah. He knows what they said in their hearts before judgment came. He knew the priests weren't doing what they should be doing. Matter of fact, they were abominable. He knew they were passing their children through fire to Molech. He knew they were offering offerings to the Queen of Heaven. And when you get away with it long enough, you do get that way. Well, God doesn't see. If God really existed, then he would have done something long ago. Now, you see, today, I read an article from an ex-Satanist. And he was talking about why he became a Satanist. He was a Christian, then he became a Satanist. And he said he never found any true love in the church. So he became a Satanist. After quite a long time in founding the Church of Satan in Africa, he became born again. He began to have problems. Now, see, when there's problems around, it's Satan causing it, not Satan trying to deliver you, okay? He comes for to kill, steal, and destroy. And so he talks about true love. And he said, the reason I came back is because I found true love. 
the love that should be in, you know, in the church. And he goes through his testimony, tells how he's welcomed. And he says, at the time, I was not a nice guy. I was nasty and mean. But he tells about this Christian woman who just welcomed him. She was in the church. Just loved him. See, he had felt that love, that spirit of love before. And when she came by, well, to make a long story short, the Lord had proven himself to this guy. You see, there is a reason God creates and God saves, because he loves us. But he also knows what true love is. And God loves Israel and Judah. He didn't want to destroy them. He sent them into judgment to redeem them. And that's why I've said in this series time and time again, in judgment there's mercy. In Hebrews 11, 1 through 3, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. They were made out of the stuff that you don't see, bringing molecules together and bits of dust he created. Now in 45.13, he goes on to say, I have raised him up, meaning Cyrus, in righteousness. I will direct all his ways. He shall build my city. He shall let go my captives, not for price nor reward, saith the Lord of hosts. Now you see, the thing here, the deliverance of Judah, there's nothing, they they didn't have money to buy God. You can't buy God. They didn't, you know, going back into, when they did head back, they had to be retaught the law, most of them. I will direct all of his ways. And that's what Cyrus did. Cyrus even testified that the Lord God of Israel had contacted him, you know, had told him to do this. See, the thing of it is, is that God called... Cyrus, not necessarily to put Cyrus in glory. I mean, Cyrus became famous. But he did it because of the Lord. And so it was Cyrus who gave them favors, allowed them to go back and rebuild their city. 
And the other thing, Barnes brings this out about Cyrus. And in my own research, I found out about Cyrus. And this sums it up, that he was known as a prince more than qualified or distinguished for having justice and equity. He also had a mild and kind administration over his own subjects. He was a well-known king. Isaiah 21, 6 through 9. For thus has the Lord said unto me, Go set a watchman. Let him declare what he sees. And he saw a chariot with a couple of horsemen, a chariot of asses and a chariot of camels. And he hearkened diligently with much heed. And he cried, A lion, my Lord, I stand continually upon the watchtower in the daytime. And I am set in my ward whole nights. And behold, here cometh a chariot of men with a couple of horsemen. And he answered and said, Babylon is fallen, is fallen. And all the graven images of her gods he has broken to the ground. There's no internet here. The watchman was watching out for word coming from Babylon. Babylon had fallen. And that meant that Judah and all the other occupied lands were no longer indebted to Babylon. And I don't think right away they even knew If they had read the book of Isaiah, the ones that were left in the land, but a lot of them were taken to Babylon. So it took quite a long time for all this to, to come about. But this is so important because this story of bringing back Judah has a lot of impetus for us today. Understanding the mercy of God. Now, they, they were in the land for quite a while. Even the point when uh, Rome had defeated everybody in the Holy Land was in the hands of Rome. And it was during that time that Yahshua was born. And that was prophesied. But when the Lord was roaming around, you know, the area of Jerusalem and everything... Remember when he wept over Jerusalem, he said, your house is left to you desolate. And he had a lot of exchanges with the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the others of the temple. You see, because they did not accept him. They rejected him. He went to his own, it says, and his own received him not. But to as many as did receive him, 
to them he gave the power of the, to become the sons of God. And there's a lot when you look at it, you know, as far as the sons of God, the praise itself. You know, there's a lot of goodness. A lot of redemption. A lot of hope in all of that. In Isaiah 45, 14, then it says, Thus saith the Lord, The labor of Egypt, merchandise of Ethiopia, and of the Sabians, men of stature, shall come over unto thee, and they shall be thine. And they shall come after thee. In chains shall they come over. And they shall fall down unto thee, and they shall make supplication unto thee, saying, Surely God is in thee. There is none else. There is no God. And Kylan DeLeash addresses this uh, as the judgment that Cyrus brings upon the nations will prepare a way for the overthrow of heathenism and a wide acceptance of the God of Israel. Because remember, Israel is going to be reestablished in the land. But they will see it as the power of God bringing back Israel. And it's really interesting because when the when the Jews left Egypt first of all they dwelt in a separate land in Egypt. And when they left it says they spoiled the Egyptians and left with riches and money. With them left a mixed multitude which represents the Gentiles. Do you notice the same thing? When they left Babylon, Cyrus made sure they had everything they needed. They were going by back they were going back through decree. A royal decree by Cyrus, but a proclamation made by Isaiah many years before that God had told them what would happen. And you see this time and time again in Isaiah and in his writings. We see these proclamations. We see how God is moving. And the essence here is that the bad guys always think they have the day. But God allows them to go in their pride. And when it's time, he brings them down. And they do not escape. So he says... The labor of Egypt, the merchandise of Ethiopian, of the Sabians, men of stature, shall come over unto thee, and they shall be thine. They shall come after thee in change, they shall come over, and they shall fall down unto thee. They shall make supplication unto thee, saying, Surely God is in thee. There is none else, there is no God. 
And if Cyrus, I mean, when you look at Cyrus and what he did and how he released the Jews, it's easy to see how the nations of men, you know, they're, they're not going to mess with this guy. And they're not going to mess with Israel. But make no mistake, rebuilding, rebuilding Jerusalem had some issues. You know, it, it wasn't all a piece of cake. And any time God moves, there's always tribulation and trouble. You know, I mean, once you're delivered, there's things that you have to do. And even as a Christian, you know, we were told in the world, you will have tribulation or trouble. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. What does that mean? If the Lord's overcome the world, then we can overcome the world. Because our instrument is faith. And then we believe. And God provides. And he makes a way. So we're entering in, or you know, a rough, a rough time. But America, there's many that don't even recognize God. And many of them need to wake up. And in the same token, there's the believers. There are the children of God. And they have to believe that God will take care of us, make a way for us. But we report on the persecuted church all the time. And we find a lot of things that most people would not like. And that is the persecution leads to death for many of them. And scripture does say that they are led as sheep to the slaughter. It tells us we overcame in revelation by the blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony, and we loved our lives not unto death. This is not the same Christianity that we've been fed, you know, the last 30, 40, 50, 60 years when they tell you give $500 and God will help you buy that new Cadillac or get that new home. I mean, we've used it as a racketeering mechanism to get people to give. And we have huge churches. We wound up with millionaire evangelists, millionaire pastors. The church of Jesus Christ is purchased by the blood of Christ, not by a greenback or a gold piece. Your inheritance is not America. Your inheritance is not China. Your inheritance is not all the earth as it stands. There's going to be a thousand year millennial reign of Christ, yes. But it's going to be changed when he gets here. Make no mistake about it. No matter how much sin and platitudes and garbage going on here, God has a plan. He's going to remake the planet. We're going to have a place to live. We're going to be redeemed, and we're going to rule and reign with him, period. Now, if you want in on that program, you need to get in with Christ and receive him, confess your sins, be born again to the Spirit, and walk in his light as he is in the light. That's what you need to do. You can argue all you want. Uh, just like that Satanist found out, there is truth. And God made a way. And he said, he even told the Lord, he didn't believe in him.
Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the example that we find in Isaiah. And we thank you that you created all things and that there is an eternal salvation. There is a plan, just like there was a plan with Judah. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, and the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, streaming of this word. Bless those that hear this whenever they do. And feed them and help them. Amen. Okay, Tower. Okay. I'm glad that our hope is in the Lord. Because every day that goes by and things wax worse and worse. They do. We can be joyful in the Lord. And be thankful that he is our God and our Redeemer. Well, you know, and, you know, as Tower says that, that's not easy. No, it's not. And part of that takes faith. And faith says, even if I don't feel, that doesn't change anything. God's faithful. He'll make a way. Amen. I like Isaiah. Yeah, I do too. Been in it long enough. I should. <laughs> yeah, well, people are just going to have to bear with me because I go at my own speed and I like to get in depth and I like to relate it to today. And it does relate to today. It does. At least in my world. Yep. <laughs> you know, and it, it just it speaks loudly to us. It does. And, uh, It, it amazes me. Judah wouldn't listen and thought that God didn't hear him. And that's the way we act in America today. We act as if God doesn't see and he doesn't hear. You would think. Yeah. I mean, they they think that. And that's going to be bad for them. Yep. It's scary. Yeah, it is. We're going to have to get out of here. Okay. Good night, everybody. Thank you for joining us whenever you do. Be safe. Look up to the Lord in all your troubles. And in all your joy, be thankful unto Him. We love you. We hope the best for you in Christ Jesus. Pray for your brethren around the world as we pray for you and pray for us. We thank you for all you do for the Lord. Good night, everybody. Don't forget to go by our websites, warren-usa-danaglinsmith.com. And also pick up a copy of my book, The Rising, by Dana Glenn Smith. You can go to our websites, and you will find uh, links and stuff there. You can go to LifeRidge Publishing. It's, it's all over the place. So check out The Rising, read it, and let me know what you think. Till next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.